welcome to Spoke 76 of the Wheel, and this week it's Happy New Year. It's said that the Celtic New Year was at Samhain. For ancient Cretans, it was at the summer solstice. The Jewish New Year is celebrated at the new moon in September, but many pagans will treat Samhain as the New Year. Jason Mankey, in his article on Patheos, says that it's true. Many witches and pagans do celebrate the New Year's, starting on Samhain between October the 30th and November the 1st, depending on what tradition you follow. But it is a modern development, not an ancient one. The idea first appeared in the book Celtic Folklore, Welsh and Manx by Welsh scholar Sir John Rees, who wrote of early November, this is the day when the tenure of land terminates and when servant men go to their places. In other words, it's the beginning of a new year. Jason says Samhain is as good as guests as any. As a society, we tend to start and end a whole host of events in the autumn, so Samhain makes some sense. For many pagans, the winter solstice is the start of the pagan new year. Solstices are naturally occurring celestial events, and as the winter solstice marks the sun's growing stage on the wheel of the year, there's a certain amount of logic behind the idea. And for Jason, personally, he says, I've always felt partial to Imbolc because renewal began at Yule and that tends to show tangible results by early February. But he also points out that January is as good as any other date for the start of the new year from a pagan perspective. January the 1st, as the start of the new year, was started by Julius Caesar, who facilitated the creation of the Julian calendar which was first used on January the 1st, 46 BCE. Julius Caesar was a pagan, making his date a pagan one. And the Julian calendar worked fine for a long time before it was adjusted by Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582. Overall, this range of times that New Year is celebrated by different religions and cultures shows the numerous times of new beginnings in the year. Personally, I think after winter solstice suits me best, just because of that feeling that very slowly the light is on its way back. As Hazel mentioned, ancient cultures tied their New Year's Eve rituals around astrological phenomenon, either equinoxes or solstices, or around agrarian activities, either sowing or harvest, and often inking them with creation mythologies or order coming from chaos. Jason mentioned in the article that Hazel was referencing that he'd received some criticism celebrating New Year on January the 1st because they believed that it was a Christian tradition. However, there's no hard and fast rules for when you feel called to celebrate. If you feel called to do it at Samhain or Yule or in bulk. I've always felt that all of the festivals feel like a start over. And I think there's something quite comforting in that. If something feels out of sync at Samhain, I can release and restart at Yule. And if it's still not quite in alignment, then I can do over again at Bulk. And I think all of the Sabbats, if you follow the wheel, have that period of reflection, of letting go of the things that no longer serve us. Jason comments, the wheel is cyclical by nature. And for me, I know January 1st has felt culturally significant long before I gave it any kind of spiritual significance. 
So even if January the 1st feels like an arbitrary date, I thought it might be nice to look at some of the New Year's Eve customs from around the globe. According to an article I was reading on Best Life, in Spain, locals will eat 12 grapes at midnight from a tradition dating back to the 19th century in the Alicante grape-growing communities in hopes of bringing about good luck and abundance. In Scotland, the Scottish New Year celebrations are, of course, hogmanay, which may come from the French word hoganane, which means gala day, which was used widely following Mary Queen of Scots return from France. And in Spoke 24 last year, we spoke to Kath Effort about first footing traditions and how it was believed that a dark haired male should be the first person to cross your threshold to bring in good fortune for the year ahead. In the Netherlands, there is a tasty New Year's Eve tradition, and it's to eat a deep fried treat called the Olibolen, which sounds a little bit like a donut. Hopefully, someone from the Netherlands can confirm but the word is literally translated as oil ball and links to ancient Germanic tradition linked to the goddess Perkta, who would slit your stomach and fill you with rubbish if she believed that you hadn't eaten enough at Yule. And the fat in the olibonen was believed to make her sword slide right off the victim's belly. And a more modern tradition in Russia started around 25 years ago was the planting of frozen underwater trees. In Lake Bacow, two divers, Father Frost and Ice Maiden, take a decorated tree and plant it 100 feet below the surface. Hundreds of swimmers also then brave the freezing water. This more modern tradition is believed to help support interests in preservation of the lake through ecotourism. And finally, there is a Japanese tradition of eating buckwheat noodles. And these are alleged to bring peace and happiness to help you let go of the past. And the buckwheat from which the noodles are made symbolise strength and resilience and bring prosperity. And buckwheat wheat flour used to be utilised by goldsmiths to collect leftover gold dust. It was the practice in the German heathen times to swear oaths on a boar, the totem animal of Freya and Freya. This survived in Swedish folk custom. A large boar-shaped bread or block of wood covered with pigskin was brought out at Yule for this purpose for the beginning of this century. And boar cakes are used for Yule loaves by most heathens today. And especially meaningful oaths were sworn on the horn or cup while drinking at the Yule feast. The New Year's resolution is a diminished form of the Holy Yule Oath. It might be appropriate at this time of year to honour the Roman god Janus, who after January is named. He was the Roman god of doorways, beginnings, endings, time and transitions. He has two faces that look in opposite directions. One looks to the past and one is focused on the future. As a god of change... And the transition from past to present to future, Janus is sometimes considered a deity of time. In some areas, he was honoured at periods of agricultural transition, 
specifically at the beginnings of the planting season and the reaping time. Also, he might be called upon during periods of major life changes, such as at weddings and funerals, as well as births and the coming of age of young men. He is the guardian of space and time between. In Fausti, Ovid wrote, Omens are in the beginnings. You turn your fearful ears to the first sound and the auger decides on the grounds of the first bird he has seen. The doors of the temples are open as well as the ears of the gods and the words have weight. There are a number of ways you can call upon Janus for assistance, magical workings and rituals. Because he looks both backwards and forwards, you could reflect on where you've come from and where you want to go. Patty Wigginton suggests that in his role as keeper of doors and gates, consider asking for his assistance when you're embarking on a new journey or holding a new beginnings ritual. Because Janus also looks behind him, you can ask him for help in shedding the unnecessary baggage of the past, such as trying to eliminate a bad habit. If you're hoping to do work with some prophetic dreams or divination, you can call upon Janus for a hand. He is a god of prophecy. But, as Patty Wigginton warns, be careful. Sometimes he'll show you things you wish you hadn't learned. And I came across this interesting ritual on Ancient Wisdom Online. It's a ritual for honouring Janus for January. I was a bit alarmed at first, as one of the things you need for it is a tongue depressor, but all becomes clear. The ritual is designed for a family, but a class, a group or an individual could also perform it. You'll need a large wooden tongue depressor for each person, or maybe a lolly stick would do. Tubes or vials that can fit onto the stick. Smaller, flat wooden shapes available in any craft store. Paints, small decorations, writing implements and paper. Sit round a table with the materials and the writing implements. If you have a leader or if you're doing this alone, say, tonight we will begin the movement into this new year and the desires we each have for accomplishment and enjoyment. We call upon the powerful support of a god who guarded all of the entries into and out of ancient Rome. Janus, the god who sees the past and the future because he faces in both directions, presides over actual gateways and the gateways in our hearts that cause us to leave the old and to strike out in a new direction. So Janus is both our protector and our support as we choose our new paths for this year. Then go into a meditation about the new direction for the coming year, arriving at some definite wants of action or being. Then write your desire for yourself for the new year and answers to the following points. How will it benefit you? How will it benefit those close to you? How will it benefit the world? What must you release to bring this about? what you must come to bring this about. The support you ask from the archetype of new beginnings, Janus. Here's where the tongue depressor comes in. And it's to create an art object which you attach to the doorframe where you most often enter and leave your home. The little vial will contain the paper you just wrote vial would be attached to the stick and decorated with symbolic items 
and that in turn is attached to the door frame, just where you can touch it coming in and out of your home, so that your desire for change and newness may always be in your awareness, as well as the assistance from Janus. And this object will be right in the power place for Janus, your home's threshold. When the project's finished, where there is a group, participants share, can share their experience and their art. Then the leader continues if the experience is a workshop. If, however, it's a ritual for a family, then this next part is best done the following morning as people leave for their day and their threshold blessing is all, object is already in place. And so the words are, your new beginning starts now. As we leave this place tonight, we leave for a threshold. This doorway is blessed by Janus. He is present now. As each person steps through the doorway to leave, make a declaration in honour of your new beginning and know that Janus supports you in every way you could possibly need. As you leave tonight, you step into your new life. Are you ready to take this first step into the new expression of yourself? Then please come forward. Each person makes their declaration as they leave the ritual space and pause outside the space to wish each other well. And finally, from Britain, the wassail. It's tradition to wassail the oldest tree in the orchard on Twelfth Night, either January the 6th or Old Twelfth Night on January the 17th, to ward off evil spirits and beseech the trees to produce a harvest of apples the following spring. Wassail probably comes from the Anglo-Saxon words Wes and how, meaning good health. The oldest tree is named Apple Tree Man and is the guardian of all the trees in the orchard. There are many traditions connected with this rite, including shooting through the branches to ward off evil spirits and pouring apple cider through the roots. Toast soaked in apple cider is placed in the branches for robins who embody the spirit of the apple trees. Finally, celebrants drink warm cider and sing traditional wassail songs. Thank you very much for that, Hazel. I love the idea of that Janus ritual. It really resonates. I know that the image of Janus and his two faces is something that I can really relate to. I think we mentioned previously that in May 2021, the artist Pilar Quineros um, had an exhibit in Folkestone for the Triennial called the Janus Fortress. And in post-Brexit Britain and living on the Folkestone coast, it was really quite poignant to see the two faces of the sculpture, one looking out towards the sea and one looking inwards. It was really quite moving. And the sculpture was made of chalk, very much like the cliffs, and was always meant to weather and wear away but this process was quickened by vandalism and it provoked a lot of discussion about art and art regeneration and the value of art in the community. And again, touching on modern traditions, last year, Hazel and I shared a very modern tradition of creating a list of experiences that we wanted to have in the year ahead. Last year, I made a list of 21 experiences that I wanted to have, and I think I achieved all but four of them. So this year, um, I always start off uh, my first thing to be 
to do my Enchant Your Year group. Um, it feels like getting an easy win. So I've held, I think this is my sixth party where I sit around with like-minded friends and we do this work together of journaling and creating vision boards to kind of help co-create and manifest the year ahead that we want. Second on my list was acrylic pouring and having more artsy in between days and we don't know what's going to be happening with covid so sometimes it's quite nice just to get on to zoom and create with other people to make sure that you put that sort of time in acrylic pouring was on my list of things to do last year and I didn't actually get it done but I checked in with myself this year because this is what I love about the list they're not resolutions they're not must-dos they're invitations to try something and I checked in with myself and I thought do I actually still want to do acrylic pouring and I do because I bought myself a kit I just haven't had the chance to do it yet Um, so what I will hopefully do is do that with mum at some point in the new year when she has got over feeling a bit poorly she's got covid at the moment another thing was a trip to glastonbury with the uh, kent goddess group and as i said that has been on my new year list now for two years but obviously with covid it's just not happened Uh, Number four on my list was to, and again, this is COVID permitting, go to Venice, as I've talked about in the last couple of episodes. I had put myself forward for a arts uh, scholarship in Venice and I got shortlisted, but unfortunately I didn't get um, accepted. But I'd still like to go to Venice and visit the Bernali anyway, because I do like artsy things. Number five was a new collaborative arts project. Now, I can't talk very much about this one just yet, other than to say I'm really excited by it. Number six, a little bit more pedestrian, but it's to complete my uni assignments. I felt a little poorly myself over the last couple of months of New Year, had a few health concerns and I haven't really got as much work done as I had hoped to by this time of year. So I've been resting, I've been recuperating and hopefully I'm going to be ready to get back to uni and get powering through stuff soon. Number seven was uh, quite interesting. It's to go and attend um, Ray Harry Horson's exhibit about his animation techniques. Now, I'd seen it on Facebook and my husband loves those sort of films and I really, really fancied it. And I hadn't realised at first that it was in Scotland. So when I went and looked forward to where it was, I saw that it wasn't sort of London, which is where I'd assumed it would be. So I kind of cancelled it as an idea. And then I was speaking to Habby and he said, well, why don't we make a weekend of it? Go up to Edinburgh and check it out. And I'm just really excited by that now because Ray Harry Horson's work really brought the stories of the gods alive to me when I was a child. 
So number eight is more board game afternoons. And I think one of the reasons I like doing this kind of manifestation work with people is one of the other lovely ladies in the group, Sherry, also wants to do board gaming. So we think we'll do it together again, COVID permitting in the new year. Number nine was to see Six the Musical. I've caught a few of the songs on YouTube and I believe it was written by a 21-year-old girl and it looks absolutely amazing. I'm hopeful that my friend Jess can come down from Blackpool. Hopefully she'll come down and we'll be able to go and see that together. There were quite a few goals that were linked to podcasting so number 10 was to get the podcast to 20,000 downloads number 11 was to go to the mercy and gathering and just some more camping trips in general even if they're just small scale ones but I think it's one of the things that I've missed the most Number 12 is hair related. Now, I know a lot of people who know me in real life know about this. um, But when I was feeling quite poorly, I had uh, a lot of seizures. And sometimes when you have a lot of seizure activity, it can lead to making poor life choices. And my poor life choice was that I decided to give myself a DIY haircut. It looks really quite choppy at the moment. So I'm going to treat myself to go into the hairdresser put right. But I also want to have an oil slick dye job done on it. Uh, I'm quite excited about that. Number 13 was to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. When we had a little go uh, sort of interviewing ourselves Um, last week I just really enjoyed it I've been on some vlogs um, with the lovely Claire Keeley as I think some of you know I quite like to be on another podcast find out how other people do it number 14 I would love to interview Dan the Bard on the podcast we know a lot of people who have asked him so watch this space moving into the new year number 15 is psychogeography At university, we had a guest lecture with Dr. Sonia Overall, who talked about walking, writing, writing about walking and using walks to write. And I think that this is something that I'm really excited about learning more and bringing into my pagan practice this year. Number 16 is read the luminary leadership with Kent Goddess Group at our Mid-Sabbath Moots and try putting some of that into practice. Number 17 was explore making my own candles and soaps. Number 18 was have a Squid Games dinner party. I follow a vlogger, a vegan vlogger called Rose on a channel called Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I believe she's Korean living in Canada and she was showing you how you could make all the food that's in the TV series Squid Games so I'm hoping to do that but obviously with less murder. Uh, Number 19 is read more around Hecate Um, she's definitely been calling this last year she never quite responds when I respond but I definitely think I want to read more research more and learn more about her. Number 20 is do my Reiki level two. 
Number 21 is looking at developing a community a bit more for the Wheel podcast. And finally, number 22 was more joyful movement. At the end of last year, I started doing chair-based yoga and Pilates, but I'm really, really, really desperate to try a burlesque class. I think I signed up for one at the end of December, but unfortunately was cancelled due to lack of interest. But hopefully I will find one in 2022. So Hazel, how about you? How did your 21 list go last year? And what are your 22 for 22 this year? To be honest, I can't remember my 21 things for last year. I suspect it had travel involved somewhere, which of course has been affected. I'm still working on my list, but it certainly includes going to the New Forest and Cornwall and hopefully up to Scotland. A lot is about becoming more healthy, whether that's through exercise or eating better and reading more books, something I haven't been such great at doing uh, and tending to my garden. There's also an exhibition next year called The World of Stonehenge at the British Museum that I'd really like to go to see. And of course, getting out for camps and gatherings again next year. So goodbye from me. Link in the show notes to where you can find all the links to the books and articles we have referenced in this week's episode, as well as some links to some of the events we've been talking about. Do you have any traditions for New Year's Eve? Have you got any goals or resolutions for the year ahead? If you want to discuss anything we've mentioned in this week's episode, come and join us over on our Facebook page. Just search at The Wheel Podcast. And it's goodbye from me. Hope you've enjoyed this week and that you're looking forward to the new year. Till next week. Bye. Bye.